You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Get On The Highway, Part 2. Enjoy. Are, are you brave enough to let go of your tradition and to come into the abundant life that Christ came to give you? Jesus, you're so amazing. I got to tell you, I, I really want to encourage you, just put your seatbelt on and come along for on the ride. We're going, we're going all the way. And I know we're just, you know, we just moved in this facility. It's just, we're just digging this place, aren't we? Man, it's nice. Nice and cozy in here with the radiant floor heating. Woo-wee! But I'll tell you what, man, there's a whole lot more in store. Why should we limit God? You know, when he instructed his people to, 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 to build the temple, it, he said it's got to be something glorious that all the nations rave about. That's how he thinks. We should think that way. We need to stop looking at what's in our checking account and basing our plans on that. We need to look at the provision of Christ and base our plans on that, right? My God shall meet all your needs according to your weekly salary. According to the minimum wage of Massachusetts. No, according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So how do, we, how do we stay on this highway? We keep trusting Him. Keep focused. Come with us. We invite you to Facebook. Get here. Get, 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 to, get to East Taunton, to Dory Park. Get on the highway. But you've got to trust Him. You can't get your eyes off of Him and put them on people. That's, a, that's one of Satan's favorite distractions. Take your eyes off what God's doing and on what so-and-so did or didn't do to you. And, and to try and get you offended or, or a little, little rubbed the wrong way by someone. Listen, we can't be offended. We can't. Why? Because we're on earth for Jesus. It doesn't matter what people say to us. Right? It doesn't matter if someone forgets to, to do something they told me they were going to do. It's Okay. You know, we, we keep walking in love. It doesn't matter if someone didn't say something to me they should have said or if someone said something to me they shouldn't have said. That's okay. We're full of love. Love covers a multitude of transgressions. How many times do we forgive people? What's our daily limit? There is none. There's no limit on forgiveness. But they did that 10 times. So, keep forgiving them. We don't let them abuse us. We don't let people take advantage of us. But we don't get offended in our heart. Do you understand the difference? Right? We have good boundaries in our lives. We're not floor mats for people to walk on or to abuse. But at the same time, we, we don't harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. We forgive immediately. We don't contemplate it. We don't stew and get mad about it. We forgive quickly, right away. That is a key to walking in the abundant life. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Refuse to be offended. I've had some doozies in the last few weeks, some wonderful opportunities to take offense. I had to decide to pass them up. I mean, I had justifiable reasons to go on a rave, you know, go on a rant, I should say, and just tell people what I think. But I had to really hold up, say, wait a minute. Jesus died for all of us. 
we're all just one Jesus away from heaven, right? That's it. All of us need the grace of God in our lives. All of us have blown it. All of us have done things we shouldn't have done. All of us need his grace. So let's extend grace to each other. We come together holy at Holy Highway Church. At Highway Church, we just we just let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us. He's our teacher, right? So I, I do everything I can to prepare and 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 uh, put together, you know, detailed notes and scriptures and and but that's all with the understanding that Holy Spirit, you lead us. You say what you want to say. When we gather, whether it's in a get-together, whether that's in here, or whether it's anywhere we are, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that if you'll come with ears open, with a heart ready to grab a hold of how much he loves you, and of the word that's, that's brought forth, you'll leave her stronger. Stronger. We are getting stronger every day. I'm way stronger than I was last Sunday. I'm way stronger. Amen. I am. Amen. I can bench like 350 now. No, just kidding. <laughs> a highway is a structure that we get on to take us from where we are to where we want to go. And I think it was 1959. I was trying to read it last night and I didn't have much chance, but I think it was President Eisenhower who implemented the plan to create highways in an interstate system in this country, and it changed our nation. There are many reasons to build highways. Um, one of them is for the security of your nation, that if, if resources and emergency supplies need to be transported, there's a highway that you can get on and get them there. Another one is to transfer good, goods, to get things to people. Everyone say Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of benefits to highways. Well, in life, Jesus is the highway you need to take you from where you are to where you are meant to be, to bring you into your destiny. You are not going to leave this earth without fulfilling your destiny. Your past is behind you. It's time to fulfill your destiny. Forget what's behind you and stand up and trust in him. So last Sunday was our first Sunday in this new place, and today is Cider and Donuts Day. How sweet is that? I mean, how fun is it to, to go into Dunkin' Donuts and get 100 donuts? That's what we did this morning. I love that. They just looked at us like, that's fun. Can't wait till next time. We'll take 250 donuts, please. What? It's a fun thing. But we want to move forward on this path. And the only way we're going to do that is by trusting the real Jesus. Now, God, the word G-O-D, don't call the religious police on me, okay? So put your phones down. Unless you're using them for notes. Don't call the religious police on me. I'm going to say something. G-O-D is a generic word. We can talk about G-O-D all day and not be changed one bit. You can believe in a God all that you want and nothing will change. In fact, Jennifer was in a store and she was sharing with us uh, at lunch yesterday with some friends about a book she picked up in a store and it, it was encouraging people to pray 
to different gods over the history of time from, from Egypt and different places and talked about the things these gods do and, and very interesting. But God is a generic word and believing that there is a God will not help you. Amen. Believing that God exists won't help you. You've got to know specifically his will for your life. You've got to know very specifically his heart and intentions towards you. You've got to become sure and certain of his love for you, of his provision for you, of his plan for you, and of his will for your life. I said it last week, and it's worth saying again, the, the existence of God is the most obvious of all realities. Nothing could be more obvious than the existence of God. Now, I want to help you. I'm not trying to make anyone mad. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. What I am trying to do is to kind of get you to come out of the fog of man's thinking, of the philosophies and ideas of religion and man, okay? Are you okay with that? Are we brave enough to kind of put that aside and consider something else? So how is it that the existence of God is the most obvious of all reality? Well, anyone know what this is that I'm holding right here? Smartphone, right? It's an iPhone, actually. And what if I told you, now, you wouldn't even take me serious for one second. You would know I was joking. You wouldn't even entertain a statement that I'm about to make if I told you this evolved from a, a, a molten uh, blob of metal, this iPhone. That it was just a melted pile of, of molten minerals and it evolved into this. Would you believe me? Just be honest. Forget, I'm not trying to, you know, diss anybody. But would you believe me? Come on, let's just be real. You've got to be real in life. We can't play these, these mind games that philosophy plays. I remember when I uh, went to, I didn't want to, but I ended up going, doing a, my freshman year of general studies, and I took this logic course. And it was one of the funniest things I, I ever sat in. It was supposed to be logic. And there were some good, good principles in there about, you know, creating a good argument on sound premises. But there were some things in there where the professor would say, you know, how do we really know that, that we're really not on the ceiling sitting upside down. That was a, a legitimate statement made by an adult professor. I'm not trying to diss anybody, but this is where this reasoning of man will take you. You don't know what's real anymore. Am I right side up or upside down? Really? This is not a joke. No one would even think I was serious if I said this evolved out of melted uh, minerals and from a volcano. Why wouldn't you take me serious? Because this has a what to it. It's, it's been designed by somebody, right? Don't, don't turn me off. Facebook, don't turn me off. I know this is way simple, but truth is really simple. The devil will talk you out of the simplest truths if you let him. This season has a case on it. I mean, even the case, talk about complex, that the phone is complex, but, you know, the case isn't that, let's see if I can get it off. Well, I can't quite get it off. 
yeah, here's the case. You wouldn't even believe me that this thing, I mean, this is not complex, really, in terms of moving parts, but look at the shape of it. If I told you that was a tablecloth, would you believe me? Why? Because it's obviously not made to go on a table. (laughs) Please don't turn me off. What, What is this for? You can tell this is, okay, because we've seen smartphones, right? Okay, this is a phone case, right? And because and we can see this is, this, what's this for? Yeah, right? And it's even got, if you can see, you can't see them from out there, but it's even got these little uh, button holes in this hole here for, for the, so this is obviously designed by someone. No one would argue that, right? Or we just, be, we're being real. And I, I can just feel some tension here being real because, Truth is so simple. And look, so I, wow, that just fits perfectly. Literally, perfectly. Someone had to design that for that to happen. It is impossible for that to happen any other way. Impossible. Let's be real. What's more complex, my phone case, my iPhone, or you? Do you know there is no computer and there never will be that can even come close to the complexity of the human body? None. I mean, not even close. Not even in the ballpark. Why would you ever think that you were not created and designed? Why would you ever believe such a hilarious idea? But many have. And as a result, that keeps them from experiencing an intimate relationship with the one who designed them. But we're not going to play that game. I look at this and I see a designer. I look at this and I see a designer. And I want to know who that is. Who made me? Who put all this together? Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 20. See, if you want to fulfill your destiny, you've got to have a real relationship with the one who designed you. This is not political. This is not about, uh, you know, being a part of one group or another. This is about you knowing your destiny. Live above the noise of this world. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen every time you look in the mirror. Being understood from what has been made. It really is that simple. I look at this and I know someone made it. I look in the mirror in the morning and I know someone made me. A generic knowledge of God won't do. You need a specific understanding of his attributes. You need to know exactly how much he loves you. You need to know what he has already accomplished for you through the sacrifice of his son. You need to know who you become when you put your faith in him. You cannot afford to go another day with a generic knowledge of God. I don't know when generic products came. I just, I thought of this when I was a kid. 
I, I've always been a fan of Doritos. How many Dorito fans in the house? The original, you know. And my mom came home when I was a kid one day from the store. And I went into the pantry expecting to see Doritos. And she didn't get those. Actually, hardly ever did she get stuff like that. But I saw this white bag with black letters on it that said nacho chips. It was told just white, no design to it, and black block lettering, nacho chips. And I stood there as a kid, I don't know, eight years old. Like, I knew right away something's wrong. And, then, and then, then some adults instructed me that these are the same as the regular Doritos. They're just in a different wrapper. I said, okay, let me, I knew that. I just, I didn't I know anything about production or manufacturing. Just as a kid, I'm like, I'm not buying that. But I tried one, and they were nothing like real Doritos. The package didn't match. The flavor didn't match. The crunch didn't match. Where's my Doritos? But that's what it's like when you go through life not having a specific knowledge of God's will for your life. You bite into things that don't satisfy. Look at Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. We want to be on the highway. We want to go forward. We want to fulfill our destiny. We want to eat fresh, hot Jesus every day. There is no generic Jesus. There's only one rapper that he came in, and that's the Jesus we need, the flesh and blood resurrected one. Hosea 4, 6, this is what God said about generic products. <laughs> ah, you can get generic products, that's all right. Just don't bring them to my house. <laughs> Our kids love cereal, and Jennifer gets these creative cereals, you know, and it's just funny looking at their face when they see the... What is that? You know? Yeah, all kinds of ingredients that they would never think of putting in a bowl. And then I come along and put walnuts on mine and blackberries and all kinds of stuff. What a wild house. God said, my people are destroyed, ruined, for lack of knowledge, knowledge of me, knowledge of my heart for you. Knowledge of my love for you. Knowledge of what I've accomplished for you through my son. Knowledge of my provision for your life. Ignorance of the true knowledge of God is like a fog. Have you ever driven in a heavy fog? I've been in fogs over the years where I almost had to stop my vehicle. It was so thick. And high beams are worse because they bounce right back in your face. That's kind of like what it's, what it's like when you're trying. You just try harder in life. You know, okay, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to try harder. Bing. It doesn't work. So this ignorance of God, it slows us down. We can't see what's in front of us. Now, that's good for someone, for Satan. Now, don't, please don't hear me out, but Satan is real. And it's not a fairy tale that some religious group made up to try and explain why bad things happen. You may not believe in Satan. You may not believe in spirits and demons and angels and God, but I'm telling you, whether you believe in them or not, they're real. You may not believe that my name is Joseph, but it doesn't change the, the simple truth. That's my name. 
Remember, what we believe doesn't create truth. But what we believe does determine how much truth we're going to personally experience. So Jesus said this. Put John 10.10 up there. So if I'm a thief and I want to steal from you, I would love it if you're in a fog. I would love it if you couldn't see me coming. That, in fact, I would try and kind of create that atmosphere, wouldn't I? I would try and blur your vision somehow. And that's what Satan's up to in your life. He's trying to blur your vision of God. He's trying to keep you from seeing who he is and what he's done for you. Jesus said it this way. He said, the thief, who is that? Sure. Now, interesting, we're not going to go into this, but if you look at the context of this, he really could be talking about those who are influenced by Satan, religious leaders, religious tradition and doctrines. Comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's Satan's plan for you. And the only way he can do that is by blurring your vision of God's love for you. By trying to give you a distorted image of God and a distorted image of yourself. Jesus said, on the other hand, in in contradiction to the thief, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Jesus said in another passage that Satan is the father of lies. You've heard of the dog whisperer? Satan is the con man whisperer. He's the one who trained mankind how to lie. He started in the garden with Adam and Eve. He taught man how to twist truth. And man has learned very well. But when you come to to, to the real Jesus, he'll teach you how to walk in truth. He'll take all the twists and the turns out, and he'll give you a straight path to walk on, a clear path to follow. Without thorns, without briars, without potholes, without snakes and hindrances. I hope you're grabbing a hold of this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So how does Satan blur our vision of God? How does Satan bring a fog into our lives? It's really simple. You ready? By getting you to believe something that's untrue. That's all. When you put your faith in something that is untrue, a fog begins to settle inside of you. How do you clear away that fog? By replacing that belief in something that is untrue with something that is true. Right? Isn't that simple? See, darkness, naturally speaking, is what? The absence of light. Spiritual darkness is the absence of the knowledge of God's will. If you don't know God's will for your life, you're in the dark. How do I I turn the lights on? Study Jesus. Jesus is the will of God. You can't have a clear picture without light. Right? You can get the most expensive camera out there that's a low-light camera, but it still needs light. You can't see clearly without light. We we needed to get a TV not too long ago. Our TV went... And so we need to get a, a new one, and I hadn't been in Best Buy for a while, and anytime I get to go there, I get excited. But man is forever desiring a clearer picture. I mean, it was a big deal when we went from the old 
tube TVs to the flat screens. But that's not enough. You know, 720 and 1080 and now 4K. And they, they've even, I don't even know what the latest, they were explaining it to me. I said, wow. But it, it did make a difference. Much clearer. I mean, why settle for an old tube TV when you can go through life with 4K? Why put your faith in things that are untrue when you can know the real truth? When you can let the light of Christ reveal God's will to you? Why does man always want a clearer picture? Right, the, the newest iPhone says it's got the, I forget what to say, the, uh, is it clearest something, the something screen ever made for phones or something? Why is that? Because inside of every human being, no matter who you are or where you're from, there is an innate desire that's not going to go away to see God clearly. And, if, and, and when you don't have that, you're going to try and satisfy that in some other way. But it doesn't work. You need to see the one who made you with 20-20 vision. And the only way that's possible is by putting your faith in Christ. Jesus said, I am the 4K picture of God. John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can see God. No one can experience God apart from me. This is not political. This is not religious. This is reality. Forget religion. It's not going to help you. Forget man's ideas. They're limited and confusing. If you build your life on their ideas, it's like building a house on a, on a sandy shore. It's going to wash away and fall sooner or later. Romans chapter, let's see, 10, 17. Let's put, up the, put that up there. So God is this generic word that a lot of people use. And even Bible translators make the mistake. And here's an example. This translation here actually is correct with the Greek. But you may have a translation that reads this way. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Does anyone have a translation that says hearing by the word of God? Yeah, I think the King James says that, New King James. That's wrong. <gasps> There's mistakes in English translations. Oh, yeah. The Bible wasn't written in English. The New Testament was written in Greek. I don't speak Greek, but I do study the, the, as much as I can from the concordances and dictionaries to understand the original intent of the passages. And you should do the same. You guys got a hard copy Bible? That's my favorite thing now. My Bible fits up here. Ooh, I love it. So I got room for the book. Get a hard copy Bible, okay? See, I, I, I just I get excited when I open it because I know how much this has changed my life in the last 30 years. But there's something about this book that is supernatural. And I know it's been discredited uh, by, by church folks and unchurch folks. But the truth is it's the Word of God. There are a lot of stuff in here that will just, there, there's, there's the truth about the human race in here, and it's ugly. There's also the truth about God's love in here, and it's beautiful. Amen. Get yourself a hard copy Bible and take it with you. Study this thing. So why, what does it really say in the Greek? The Greek word is not God. The Greek word is Christos. 
Now we've gone from generic to very specific. And it says faith, faith in God, confidence in your designer comes from hearing the specific message about who Christ is and what he's done for you. That's what that verse is saying. If you want to have faith, what's Bible faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we don't see. If you want real Bible faith, not man-made stuff, not wishing and hoping, but confidence that nothing can shake, then you need to hear messages like you're hearing now that teach you the specific reality of Christ, that Jesus is the answer you're looking for, that Jesus is the will of God, And if you'll read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and Acts, you're seeing the will of God in the flesh. That's what changed my life. Not G-O-D, but Christ. Jesus Christ. What is the word Christ? Do you know what that means? Christos. It's a powerful word. Anointed one. It means if you squeeze God, Jesus comes out. Just like when you squeeze olives, olive oil comes out. Jesus is what's inside of God. (laughs) He's the nature of God. So spiritual darkness is the absence of the true knowledge of Christ. Not religion. I grew up with that. It's a mess. I keep saying that because this is an area that needs to hear that. There's lots of religious strongholds in this area. You need to come away from that stuff. A stained glass window is not going to help you. You need real Jesus. Not trying to disrespect anyone. I am trying to tear down wrong ideas. So people can be set free from the bondages they've been living with. So beliefs based on Christ, this Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, produce confidence and real life results. Beliefs based on fear produce darkness and confusion. Superstition is a great example of beliefs based on fear. Lots of superstition out there. I don't know what's a common one. If you're on a ladder and a what colored cat? Everyone knows that one, right? You're on a ladder and a black cat walks under that ladder, man, you're done. People believe that. And if it happens, they're like, oh, no. Think of, let's, let's be real. Can we be real? Let's just think about what we're believing if we believe that. I'm on a ladder made of wood or metal or whatever, fiberglass, and a black furry thing walks under my ladder. Now I'm going to believe something bad is going to happen to me because a cat walked underneath my ladder. Is that hilarious or what? People would get mad at me saying this. You better not fool with fate. What? Jesus is Lord. Why don't I believe that? Because I have a personal relationship with Christos. I cannot be cursed. 
Christos is my protection from any curse. I want you to know that there is no supernatural power with a cat walking underneath a ladder or a dog or a horse. But there is supernatural power if you believe that. Did you hear what I just said? If I believe that something bad is going to happen to me now because A and B happened, I'm opening the door for Satan to bring it about in my life. That's what's wrong with superstition. It does, it's not true, but what it does do is it gets you to put your faith yeah, in something that's not true, and that faith opens the door. Satan's like, great. They believe that something's bad. That's all that I need. I just need them to expect this to happen in their lives, and now I can bring it about. So your expectations need to change today. No more expectation of bad. Only expectation of good. Why? Because of Christos. Our faith is in Christos, not A plus B. Not a cat, not a ladder, and not a mirror. Not a, a, a potion. Not a horoscope. I'm not trying to diss anybody. I'm trying to get your faith in Christos. Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light. Not a ladder and a cat. Not a broken mirror. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my expectation for good. Expectation for bad is darkness. You say, I can't, I can't expect good from God. I've made too many mistakes. Jesus got you covered, bro. He's covered your sins. Just come to him. Say, Lord, forgive me. I receive. I receive the sacrifice of your son. And you're covered. You've got an insurance policy that no one can take away. The Lord is my expectation for good. That brings light into my heart. He's the one who keeps me safe from ladders and cats. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Never be afraid again. Do not be afraid anymore. Do not let your heart be afraid anymore. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. For I, the Lord your God, will help you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Jesus is the light we need to see God clearly. You know, superstition and religion aren't much different. We talked about this at get-togethers because they're built on the same thing, fear. Yeah, they're really, I think back to all the things I was told growing up, it's like superstition. 
You know, I, I had to pray four of those and seven of these. And every day I had to go, you know, around this thing and pray and had to do certain things. And, and this is not unique to one particular group. There are many, many, many different groups. I'm not trying to pull out someone and, and diss them. I'm just talking about man's systems. And I was told that if I did this, then I had to, you know, go to this church and talk to this minister and, and tell him what I did wrong. And then this minister had to decide and assign me a, a system of things I had to do to try and make up for the mistake I made. But it didn't work. I never got free from sin. I would do all the things they told me to do, and I went through all the steps and the, and the, the plans, and I didn't change. I had no assurance of anything. My nature wasn't changed. Come on, you're too valuable to play games with. You're too valuable to, to listen to man for truth. You need Christ. You're too precious to go another day without your heart and Christ's heart being united. Boy, this is for someone today. Matthew chapter 4, verse 16 says this, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Where is this darkness? If you know Matthew chapter 4, what is the darkness that, that the, the scriptures are referring to, this region, the shadow of death? Where is that? Planet Earth. Earth is the region of the shadow of death. We're living in a fallen world, and Satan is the god of this world. Darkness is where he dwells, all right? But in the midst of that darkness, Christ entered. Christos came through the womb of a virgin. Satan couldn't figure that out. He's like James Bond times a million Jesus. He just came into the earth and no one detected him, and he showed up and set people free, and Satan was left scratching his head. I love Jesus. He's the master redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. No devil can detect him. No devil can stop him. No devil can thwart his plan. Jesus. From that time, Jesus began to preach. So light came into the earth. And what did Jesus preach? He said, repent. Hold on, get those religious goggles out. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand. What does repent mean? Think differently, right? Think differently. It doesn't mean hurt yourself. Beat yourself up. Whine and cry and moan and beg and light candles. That's not Jesus. He never taught that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Repent simply means change the way you think. Change what you believe. Jesus said change what you believe. The kingdom of heaven is here. Because I'm in the earth. Stop thinking that God is against you. Start believing he's for you. Stop thinking that he failed you and turned his back on you and realize that he loves you. He'll never fail you. And he's always for you. Amen. Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 1, similar passage, verse 15. Put that up there. Jesus said the time has come. He said the kingdom of God is near Think differently. Believe differently. Start believing the good news. 
Start believing that God is good, that he'll never hurt you, that it's his will for you to be whole and to prosper, that he came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Isn't it ironic that I would be criticized as a minister for preaching this by other churches? You'd be amazed at the, the criticism that other ministers will, will come against this simple gospel that I'm sharing with you. The simple truth that Jesus came, that you might now have abundant life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Why would you criticize that? There's a thief at work. There's a thief at work. Matthew 4.23, so light comes into the earth. Jesus says, think differently, believe the good news, and what does he do? He goes around to Galilee teaching that God is good, preaching that God is good, and demonstrating that God is good. Teaching, preaching, and healing. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You want to hear some good news? He's the same right now. That's what he does today. He teaches the good news, he preaches the good news, and he heals all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Could you put Hebrews 1 verse 3 up there? Just verse 3. Talking about Jesus, it says, Who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of God's person. That word express is not fast like an a express lane. The word express in this context in this context literally means specific and precise. Christos is the specific and precise, the definitely stated, not merely implied. I love this. The precise and specific identity to the exclusion of anything else. That's Jesus. He is the specific, precise identity of God that excludes all else. If you believe something about God that isn't perfectly supported by the ministry of Jesus as recorded in the first five books of the New Testament, what you believe about God is wrong. And it will keep you in a fog for the rest of your life unless you think differently. And change what you believe and believe the good news. Jennifer, would you come on up here? We're going to keep going. Why don't you grab a mic, sweetie? Love this lady, my wife. She is amazing. She is amazing. I couldn't wait to get married because I just wanted to wake up next to her. And it is such a privilege. So thankful for her in my life. And the, the giftings that God has put her. I need her. I know there's something else before we, we, we move on that the Lord wants to get out. I just want to make sure I get it out. He's the express image. The origin of that word means distinctly presented. 
you ready for this? Remember when I said you squeeze God and Jesus comes out? This word means to press out from the Latin, to press out. Jesus is the oil of God. The Holy Spirit is the oil of God. <laughs> There's something about oil that's very potent. We like good olive oil, don't we? Not the cheap stuff. Quality olive oil. Man, I could take a bath in that stuff. I'm going to do that. I think I want to do that. Not today. It's so good. You need the quality oil of Jesus in your life, of the anointed one. Think differently. Believe in the good news. Believe in the good news. You got something? Jesus. You guys are patient, right? Let me finish with this. One more example of God's goodness. You can go to John 8 if you want. I'm just going to kind of skim through it. But beginning in John 8, chapter 2. And this is a great example of where most people are at today. They're afraid to come to God because of what they've been told about God. Oftentimes in churches. In verse 2, early in the morning, Jesus came into the temple. He's in church. All the people are coming to him because they're hearing things they've never heard before. They're seeing things. They're seeing the goodness of God in action. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are mad at him because he's messing with their business. He's messing with their systems. He's showing people how vain and futile the religious systems of man are. And boy, man gets mad when you do that. But I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to preach this for the rest of my life. And no one's going to stop me. And look what these turkeys do. They bring a woman taken in adultery. How evil. I'm not talking about the woman. I'm talking about them. How dark and twisted are they? What kind of dark, perverted setup is this? What great lengths religion will go to to keep you in bondage? Man, I'm telling you, Jesus. And these experts in the scriptures look at the living word and they say to him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, in adultery, the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us, they're experts in the law, remember, that such should be stoned. What do you have to say about it? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. I love Jesus. He stoops down and gets out his etch-a-sketch. I used to love those things. No, actually, he writes on the ground as though he heard them not. Don't listen to religion. It's not worth your time. 
So when they continued asking, they're not giving up. He lifted up himself. Man, I'd like to have seen this. And he said to them, He that is without sin among you religious experts, let him first cast a stone at her. Uh-oh. Light. Light. Shining in the darkness. So, when, uh, and again, he, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it began being convicted by their own conscience. Holy Spirit was moving, wasn't he? Went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, the chief turkey, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman didn't leave. Thank God she didn't go. She was left there standing in the midst. She must have sensed that this, this Jesus loved her. It's probably the look in his eyes or maybe what he was writing on the ground. I don't know. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, no man, Lord. Oh. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The most important part of this passage is the next verse. Then Jesus said to them that were watching all this, I'm the light of the world. If you'll trust in me, there's no condemnation for you. I came to, to shine light into your life so that you can be free from the condemnation of sin for the rest of your life. He who follows me is not going to walk in darkness, but have the light of life forever. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is precious time. We acknowledge what you're doing in us this morning. We just can't get this anywhere else. Man doesn't have light like this for us. We can't get this at a drugstore. We can't get this at, at, at Best Buy. Boy, do we need you. We receive your light in our lives this morning. Is there anyone in this place this morning? that needs to be free from condemnation. You need to, 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 to let Jesus. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.